Welcome to Coach Pep Talk, the podcast for people who run their own coaching businesses. Each week, I talk to an expert who shares wisdom that helps us be better coaches and coaching business owners. Coach Pep Talk is brought to you by Life Coach Office. It's your one-stop shop for managing your coaching business totally online. You've got access to coaching journals for all of your coaching meetings. Your clients can upload documents. You can share files. You can upload videos and have classrooms that are predefined and set up that all of your clients can reuse. If you're interested in consolidating all the things you've got for your coaching business online in one place that you can access from anywhere, go and check out Life Coach Office. You can try it for seven days with no credit card or anything required and hop on and see how that's going to work for your coaching business. You can check it out at universalcoachingsystems.com slash try hyphen LCO. This week, I'm so excited to have Karen Greenstreet on the show. Now, Karen has been a small business coach since the early 90s, and as a part of her business coaching program, she was always running mastermind groups with her coachees, and I think she started doing this like in 1994 or something, so she's been running mastermind groups ever since then and is still going. As a side thing, she noticed that people were getting stuck on what a mastermind is, how to run them for your own business, so she set up up a side business where she actually trains people to be excellent mastermind facilitators. So I was so happy when I wrote to her and reached out and said, could you please be on the show? I'd love for you to come on and demystify some of the, I guess, misinformation that's out there around mastermind groups and just kind of set my audience straight so that we can all plow forward and use this as an effective tool properly in our own coaching businesses. So Karen has agreed to come on the show. She helped me out when I ran my first mastermind back in the early 2000s. Um, I bought one of her workbooks and it was so good. So I guess that's the thing with Karen is her material is excellent and she's got so much integrity and just a lovely personality. So I'm really happy to introduce Karen Greenstreet to the show. All right, welcome to the show, Karen. I am so excited to be here. It's amazing to be talking to you because I bought one of your mastermind workbooks, I think, back in 2009, which is a long time ago now, <laughs> to guide me through my very first mastermind group. And I have to tell you that that workbook blew my mind. It was so amazing. I didn't really need anything else. I was just ready to go to run that mastermind oh, group. So good. Putting such great content out there. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I know just from, you know, being in the coaching industry for so long and being subscribed to so many other gurus and, and everything's email lists, that there's a lot of misuse out there um, with the term of mastermind. So I was hoping, Karen, that you could kick us off by explaining, you know, really what a mastermind is and then possibly maybe what it isn't too, so that people have some clarity around this. Yeah, because people use the term mastermind group in a lot of different ways, but the original term came from Napoleon Hill back in, actually back in the 1920s, he wrote one book about it. And then in the 1930s, he wrote Think and Grow Rich, where he talked about it some more. And he actually was talking about um, the concept of a master mind is like this third mind that's created when people work together and brainstorm together around a topic. So like, have you ever been out to lunch with some friends? And you sort of bring up a topic, everybody starts bouncing around, all of a sudden these really cool ideas come up that couldn't have come up individually, 
by these people, but for, for some reason, the synergy of every, everybody getting together brings forward better ideas, more ideas, richer ideas than people could do alone. And so a mastermind is that, that additional mind, that, that synergistic mind that helps you to kind of take all these ideas to a higher level because you're working in a group. And so a mastermind group is a group of people that are working together and brainstorming together and creating um, goals and holding each other accountable and supporting each other in success and sharing best practices and shortening the learning curve because they're peers, they can do that and they have a topic that they're interested in. Um, so a mastermind group is a structured, sort of like what you did at that lunch with your friends, it's a structured way of doing that and you meet and on a, a consistent basis and you have an agenda for meetings so that you can recreate that mastermind at will whenever you want to. So by its very definition, Napoleon Hill's definition as well as the sort of standard definition, is you have to get into these little brainstorming groups in order for it to be a mastermind group. So a mastermind group is um, these repeatable meetings with a trained facilitator who knows what they're doing, who, can, who understands group dynamics and can deepen the discussion and that people get into the hot seat so they can talk about their specific situation and everyone focuses on them for whatever time you allow for the hot seat. So something that calls itself a mastermind group but people don't get in the hot seat is not a mastermind group. So, uh, something that calls themselves a, a mastermind group but you don't get into the hot seat maybe like once a year isn't really a mastermind group because the value is getting into that hot seat. So. I love for people to be as creative as possible with how they want to design their mastermind group. Just the sky's the limit. Um, and there are no mastermind group police, so no one's going to tell you how to run a mastermind group. But the one thing you have to do is you have to offer people the value of that hot seat. And so it has to be, people have to be able to get into that hot seat on a regular basis and to be able to bring up their challenge, their decision, where they need ideas, and everyone focuses on that person for that time period. So therefore, that's like the easiest way to judge is what I'm looking at a, a mastermind group or not. Okay, and what would you recommend is the, the I guess, meeting schedule for a, a, a mastermind group and how often you should be as a participant in the hot seat? Any tips well, yeah, so um, people, the kind of typical mastermind group meets once a month for maybe two or three hours, um, and everyone gets in the hot seat at every meeting. Now, sometimes your group's a little larger, and so you meet every other week, and then half the group gets into the hot seat the first meeting of the month, and the other half gets in the hot seat the second meeting of the month. But I've seen mastermind groups where they meet quarterly for three days in person. They always, of course, pick a beautiful place to go. Uh, and so the hot seats are like an hour long because they're meeting for three days. So the, 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 you know, how often you meet or how long you meet really just depends on how you want to do it. As long as you keep in mind, you need enough time for people to get into the hot seat on a regular basis because that's where they're going to find value. Otherwise, why should they join a group if they're not going to get help with what they need help with? Um, and you need to schedule meetings in such a way that they're, they're, they're regular and consistent because you want to have people set goals in meetings and you want people to be held accountable for the goals they set in the last meeting. So you can't really let it draw out too long because people change their mind about goals and, and they get stuck. And if they get stuck and they don't have the group to go back to to say, hey, my goals from last meeting, I can't do this one, I need help. Then they have to wait another whole month for a meeting. So sometimes these mastermind groups will have like a message form 
that you can get on between meetings if you get stuck on something that you're working on so you don't have to wait a month to get help. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. This is just awesome clarity <laughs> around what a mastermind uh, is and what a mastermind isn't. I have a couple more questions. So, so right. what do you think is a, is a good size for a mastermind group? What's realistic? Um, well, the thing is, of course, the bigger the mastermind group, the harder it is to do good brainstorming only because so many people have input that they want to give. And so, yes, on one hand, you have all these extra brains that you can tap. On the other hand, some people will not be able to participate in the conversation just because you run out of time. So the defining thing about how many people should be in the mastermind group is how long are your meetings? How long are each hot seat? So say your meeting's two hours and your hot seats are 20 minutes. Well, pretty much you can only do about five people in that group because if everybody gets 20 minutes and you need some time for goal setting, some time for check-ins and accountability, some time for anything else you want to do in the meeting, maybe you have a training piece or something. Um, five people would be the maximum you could fit in that group. Now, if you're meeting, you know, once a quarter for three days, you could have 25 people in that group because you've got three full days to do hot seats. So it's um, how long are your meetings and how long are the hot seats? Kind of define how many people in a group. Now, you, you, you do have a minimum group size. I think four is like the absolute minimum because if someone's missing, if someone can't attend a meeting, now you're down to three. And if two people are missing, now you've got to two. You know, so you have to have enough brains in the room to be able to do really good work. That's just excellent. Okay, let's look at pricing. What kind of price points have you seen around mastermind groups? And what would you like to, to say about how to price a mastermind? So, so, right, so let's talk about the, the, the reason why we, we charge for mastermind groups. Because people say, oh, well, I can join a free mastermind group. It's like, yes, you can. Sure, absolutely you can. But I've seen a lot of mastermind groups fail, and you can just Google why do mastermind groups fail and, and see why this happens. And sometimes the reason is you're not getting the commitment from the people. And by asking people to pay into the mastermind group, they're essentially stepping up and saying, this is important to me. The other thing, quite frankly, is the job of the facilitator is very difficult, and it requires a lot of skill and a lot of practice and a lot of know-how. Um, and especially if they're an expert, you're also tapping their brain. And so that person should be remunerated for the work that they're doing because the work is not just running the meetings. There's a whole bunch of stuff that happens behind the scenes that the members don't know about, but it helps the group to be strong. Um, so I have seen mastermind groups as low as $99 a month. And I have seen mastermind groups that were 36 and $40,000 a year. So a lot of it depends on who's in the group. And what level are they at? The more experienced level of people in the group, the more the price usually is, is up. If it's a business-related mastermind group, it's usually more expensive than a personal growth mastermind group. And who is the facilitator? If the facilitator is an expert in the topic and you're going to have access to them during the whole time that you're in the mastermind group, that's really valuable. So I'll give you an example. If people want to work with me um, individually, they would pay 10 times more than they would pay if they joined a group. And yet in a group, they can ask me questions 24-7 on the message forum. No, I don't answer questions 24-7. I do sleep. So um, if, they, if they ask me a question, you know, usually once a day, I'm at the message forum and I answer all the questions. And, you know, so what would you pay to have access to something like that? And, and not only me answering the questions, but everybody else is answering the questions. Um, so you have to think about what is the value? What are you trying to get out of the group? And then what are you willing to pay for it? And what are the other alternatives to get the same results? You could take a class. You could read a book. You could work one-on-one -on -one with somebody. Um, so what are those things going to cost you? And what is your budget? Does that make sense? 
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, I guess that that price uh, explanation, that's from if you're thinking of joining one or you're thinking of running one? Well, both, both. You know, when you're thinking of joining one, you have to think about what is your budget and what are you going to get out of it. And of course, if you're going to be creating one yourself and, and marketing it, it's part of your revenue stream. So you need to calculate um, what is it that you want to earn and how much essentially per hour you want to earn. And I know we all want to stop trading hours for dollars, but the fact is, is you do. You have a certain number of hours in a day and you want to leverage it and make the most money possible um, without giving up all your hours. And, and right now, all I do is run mastermind groups because when I was working privately with clients one-on-one, -on -one, I was working with 30 clients every month and I was totally maxed out. I could not increase my income because I didn't have any more time. So when I started to run mastermind groups, I could be earning... Five hundred, seven hundred, a thousand dollars an hour. Whereas working privately with clients, I might be working. I might be doing three fifty an hour. Mm -hmm. So when you're calculating it, um, you need to be calculating how many people are in my group and what if I charge this much um, per hour or, or sorry, this much per month or however you want to charge what increments you want to charge and save per month. How many hours am I going to give of my time as a facilitator in the meeting and outside the meeting? Because outside the meeting, there's an awful lot of time you have to spend as well. Um, and how much am I, you know, when I do the math, how much am I earning per hour? And, you know, you, you have to, you have to at minimum judge that. So you're earning the minimum that you're willing to accept per hour, um, as the starting place for your pricing. And then you increase that up based on your brand, your experience level, your skill level as a facilitator. Um, if you're just getting started in mastermind group, you may not be able to charge as much if you really don't know what you're doing, but as you, you know, learn how to be a facilitator, as you get practice, um, you can charge more. That's great. So, okay. So I want to jump into this. You've touched on this uh, a couple of times, but uh, so this is a two part question, but what makes a great mastermind facilitator? And then it, can you kind of talk about in that, like what are some of the behind the scenes work that happens that you don't realize? Cause you might just think, Oh, it's just running the meetings, but <laughs> <laughs> so that two part question, if that's okay. Okay. So, so um, yeah, so let's talk about, what makes a good facilitator? Because I think that's really important that people understand what the facilitator's job is. Mm -hmm. So the facilitator's job, of course, is to run the meetings. I mean, that's a given. But they also interview all the people and they make sure the right people are in the right groups. Um, and then during meetings, they are paying, uh, they're the observer. So they're paying really, really close attention to what's happening with each person, both what they're saying and what they're not saying. They're listening very deeply. Um, and they are taking that 30,000 foot view of, of each individual member's success. Where are they? What's stopping them? What's what, how can they help them move forward? Then from there, um, they are, uh, they're managing the group dynamics, the, the psychology of the group. Um, how is the group working together? Who is interacting? Who's not interacting? Who is achieving their goals? Who's not achieving their goals? Um, uh, and of course, the creating the community, creating that safe, nurturing environment so people can feel vulnerable and really share what's going on and not make the conversation too surface. We really want to dive deep. I mean, it's sort of like if people don't cry in a mastermind group meeting, you're not working hard enough, you know. Um, so, so, um, 
they're doing all these things. Then of course they're handling all the administration and they're, they're also coming into the group as an expert. So they're sharing their expertise in lots of mastermind groups. There's a training components that are creating all these lessons for people. Um, like in, in my, I have a mastermind group for mastermind group facilitators and I'm creating lessons and I'm, I'm running case studies about things and I am, um, I'm doing open Q and a, you know, putting on my consulting hat and running those meetings. So, you know, I might, I might be spending 25 to 30 hours a week for those members, mm. including running the meetings. And so, you know, when you think about, well, what is my job? There's a lot going on. And in the end, your job is to help each member be successful as they define it. So you need to be um, steeped into the whole psychology of success and how do people succeed and how do people fail and what you can do to help them. And that's why being a training facilitator is helpful because you'll, you'll learn how to do those things. Yeah. Where do you start with, with teaching somebody how to do those things in, in, in your work? Well, I've been teaching facilitator training class for, uh, wow. Almost 11 years now. So, um, and, and I, you know, I built it up slowly when I first she taught the class, it was maybe a four week class. And I, I, I said, here's the basic you need that I thought about it. And every, every time I taught it, I would add another component to it. So, you know, now we talk about everything from how to help people make good decisions and how to avoid decision-making bias to um, how to set good goals, how to be held, how to hold people accountable, how to deal with people who disrupt meetings, you know, all that kind of stuff. As things come up, I would just keep adding it to the facilitator training because I've been running mastermind groups since the mid nineties. So by the time I was teaching the class, I'd already been running groups for 10 years. I had a lot of experience. I knew, I knew what not to do because I had <laughs> and I had to fix it myself. And so I wanted to share all that and kind of shorten people's learning curve so they didn't have to make all the mistakes I made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. Okay. So let's, let's jump to that other part of the question. You've touched on some of the behind the scenes activities that happened, but maybe you could just give us a bit of a, a list. All right, so, so even from the very beginning, of course, the, the facilitator or whoever is doing the marketing has to do all the marketing. So, um, and the thing is, is that people want to join your group because they want to work with you as a facilitator. So you can't outsource your marketing to someone else like they're miraculously going to get members for you. You've got to be present. People want to get to know you. Um, then you have to handle the whole sales process, which includes interviewing people, getting reviewing applications, reviewing people's websites or whatever, you know, depending on the nature of your group. Like my group is for business owners who are creating and running mastermind groups. So they have, they all have websites. If you're doing a personal growth mastermind group, probably they wouldn't. Um, so you're doing all that uh, selection and trying to put the right groups together. And that takes a huge amount of time. And then you are doing all the onboarding and bringing people into the group and making sure they have all the paperwork that they need and making sure that they um, are introduced into the group. If you have an existing group and you're bringing in new members um, and then you're handling, of course, everything that's happening in the meeting, um, all the administration behind the meeting, making sure that people know when the meeting is and what, you know, in my case, I use zoom for meetings. Um, so it's like, what is the video conferencing link or where are we meeting and is there lunch and just, you know, all those logistics you have to handle all of that. You know, there's just so many things that you're dealing with, um, both behind the meetings and in front of the meetings. Now, if you're smart and a good business owner, you're going to say, okay, some of this behind the scenes meeting stuff, my assistant can handle. But some of it you have to handle because they are coming for you and you can't outsource you. Mm -hmm. uh, 
just out of curiosity, you, you did mention before this message board too. Um, what, what technology are you using for your message board? We're using an, um, a message forum that's built into our site. Uh, it's called the Bulletin. It's one of the oldest message forums that are out there. It's extremely stable. But you could do it like a private Facebook group or a private LinkedIn group. The only mm -hmm. problem you have is some people only want to use Facebook for personal, and so they don't want any business-related stuff out there. Or And I've had people who absolutely refuse to get Facebook login. They don't want it. They, they hate Facebook for some reason. So you're probably better off trying to have a message forum that's built into your site so that people feel safe because they're going to share private stuff out there. You don't want people to be able to easily copy and paste stuff out of your private group into some public arena. You know, you need a place that's safe. Mm. You know, Karen, another thing that I'm, I'm kind of hearing between the lines with, with what you've just been saying about how you run your groups is it sounds like you, you really get very engaged. You know, there's this, there's this push out there in the industry to automate everything and be smart, but it kind of is introducing a bit of coldness or, you know, it, it pulls the person away. They're just a facade that's on a website and in the videos, but you don't ever actually get to interact with them. Do you, do you have any, <laughs> um, I don't know. Where do you want me to start with that question? Because yeah. I have a lot to say about that. Here's okay, well, so I'm sensing something, right? It yes, like yes. So let me share, shall I? So yes. here's what I believe about serving your audience. That if you give them the impression that if they join your group, they're going to get you, and then they don't get you, then you're lying to them. So that's pretty simple. Um, and the other thing is, is, how are you serving them? How, what quality are you serving them? Here's the way I look at mastermind groups. And it's the way I look at my private clients, the way I look at my students. It's just my philosophy. And that is, I need to tend to my own garden. And these people are my garden. They're my responsibility. They will thrive if I work with them. And they will suffer if I ignore them, just like a garden would. And so if I'm going to say, hey, join my mastermind group, you get to work with Karen Greenstreet, and then you get into the mastermind group and you're working with someone else, even if that other person has been trained by me and they're absolutely amazing, if I've told them in my marketing, you're going to get Karen Greenstreet, and then they don't, then that's not right. So, or what they do is they say, well, well you know, you're going to get Karen Greenstreet, but only at this $50 million a year price. And so it's sort of like the elite level. I understand the the mindset of that. I understand the business strategy behind that, but you need to be oh so careful in your marketing that you're not promising that them that they have access to you when they won't, or that you don't clearly tell them you're going to be working with one of my consultants or one of my coaches or one of my facilitators. You're not going to be working with me. I don't have a problem with other people running each of the cohorts in the mastermind group. I've worked with hundreds of people that have done that, but if you're saying you're going to get the person, then you need to you need to get that person. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you for, for making a stand on that and putting that out there. I, I think it's a message that people do need to hear. And um, I, I, I think that there might be a shift coming too, you know, that the yeah. clients oh, are actually well, looking for a little bit. It's about integrity because people are complaining. I hear it all the time saying, oh, I, I was in a mastermind group and it was terrible. And I said, well, why was it terrible? Like, well, first of all, the person who was the leader of the mastermind group, I never saw them. They never communicated with me. I never got in the hot seat. No one ever knew what I was working on. Um, it was like this big self-study program. And then when we did have a session, there were 50 people in the session. Three people got in the hot seat. 
And, and we didn't get to brainstorm with that person. That person brainstormed with the coach. I was like, well, that's a group coaching program. Then that's not a mastermind group. That's a mentoring program. It's not a mastermind group. I don't have a problem with group coaching programs or mentoring programs, but when they say they're a mastermind group and then nobody gets personalized attention, it's not a mastermind group. It's the intimacy of a mastermind group that makes it valuable. And that's why you pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's just great. Okay, so we we need to start wrapping up, but I'm just I have two more questions for you. Are, are there because you've been doing this for such a long time and um, you've got so much wealth of experience? Is are there any kind of parting words that you'd want to give to the the person with the you know the coaching business? They may have some experience. They might have been doing it a while, or they may just be brand new, thinking about starting a mastermind. Any sort of parting wisdom you'd like to <laughs> leave with them today? So, so I, I was trained to coach you. I am a coach, so I understand the coaching world. Um, and the best advice I can give you is that if you're a coach, you're already halfway to becoming a facilitator because you know about the listening skills. You know about helping people to get to the depth of the situation. You know about a lot of stuff already. So you just need some other training and you're going to be all set. The other thing is, is some people find coaching to be limiting that we're not allowed to give advice and we're not allowed to do certain things because the parameter of being like an ICF type coach is that you, you work in a certain way. I have lots of coaches in my Synergy program, including people that work at CoachU, who love the idea that they can put on their coaching hat when necessary, their facilitator hat when necessary, their trainer hat when necessary, and their mentor hat when necessary, and they can use 100% of who they are as a mastermind group facilitator in a way that I can't do as a coach. Mm -hmm. So my advice to you is if you're looking to use all of yourself, if you're looking to use your fullest potential, think about creating a mastermind group. Think about joining a mastermind group. I mean, worst case scenario, if you've, not, if you've never experienced it, join one, see if you like it. Mm -hmm. And then if you like it, ask yourself, do I want this as part of my revenue stream? And it would be, you know, you would do it, similar to the way people do group coaching, except that there is this advice giving, there is this brainstorming, this is, these, there are these uh, uh, idea generation things that happen that never happen in group coaching programs. It's not, it's not the way coaching officially is supposed to be. Yeah. If, if coaches out there are, are really pumped about um, maybe starting one, but also maybe just joining a, a mastermind group, what tips do you have on where to find a good one? Because, you know, there is a lot of kind of misleading information out there. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I'll give myself a little plug. If you go to the, the successlines.com and there's a big orange button on there, so it's find a mastermind group. These are all the people I know who are looking for members. You could also um, go to like meetup.com and type in your area and see if there's a mastermind group that's in your area. The problem with meetup.com is there's a lot of groups that are in there, but they're not actually really active. So you need to contact the person who runs your group and ask them two things. Is your group active? And is it, is it a mastermind group or is this really just like a networking meeting? What, you're calling it a mastermind group, but what actually happens in the meetings? And mm -hmm. you know, from this conversation, we kind of know what should happen in a meeting. So you can judge you know, that way. Um, or just Google find a mastermind group and see if there's anything out there for you. Talk to your friends and your colleagues, see if they belong to one or they know of one that has openings or start one of your own. Excellent. Okay, Karen, that was just fabulous. <laughs> Is there, um, if somebody does want to learn more about your work, um, where should they go? 
Yeah, I have a free video tutorial on how to start a mastermind group. It's about an hour long. Uh, if you go out to thesuccessalliance.com, you'll see it on every page. There's also a section out there that says free resources. There's several other video tutorials out there about creative ways to add mastermind groups to your revenue model for those of your coaches and you want another stream of income so that's another video out there it's free you can sign up for that um, and I have a blog out there with tons of articles so start there and learn the basics and then see if you want to go further that's excellent thank you so much for being on the show and sharing all of your wealth of information that was just amazing <laughs> thank you all right and we'll see you next time thanks